is bigger than ourselves. And God, as your word says, we all have a part to play in the work that you're doing. In our families, in our places of work, in the church itself. God, help us to continue to seek you as we continue to try to understand what it is that you have for us. God, we just um, lift up all the prayer requests that have been mentioned. We lift up, uh, I didn't see who it was, but uh, the young lady who just passed out, just just for your protection and for your covering. Um, stuff like that always is a little scary, but uh, we thank you that it looks like everything's cool. But um, God, we just thank you for having our lives in your hands. And so God, as we uh, listen to your word now, I ask that you would... Um, Open our eyes, open our hearts, that uh, we would be changed, God, that we truly would be renewed, that we would be challenged to draw to you, to reflect you more purely and more truly in our lives, God, realizing that we are the continuation of the work that your son began. So help us, God, to continue to take that and take it seriously. So God, be with Jerry now as he delivers your word, and I just ask that you would um, open our hearts and our minds. God, uh, we love you, and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If you're visiting with us, uh, we're in a, like I said, a great series called The Struggle is Real. Uh, it's teachings from Psalm 23, and uh, as we can tell, just even uh, this morning, it's a it's a real struggle in life. Uh, whether whether your struggles are with stress or worries, problems, issues, health, it it really doesn't matter. It's, it's what we have to understand is it's it's just very real in every every way. But the other thing that over the last uh, four weeks that we've been able to discover is not only are the struggles real, but most importantly, are shepherds real? We have a real shepherd who's more real than any problem we'll ever face in life. And he's there uh, to be that uh, leader, that, that guide that we're going to talk about today. In week one, we unpacked the phrase, the Lord is my shepherd. The big takeaway for me was this, the Lord can't be your shepherd until the shepherd is your Lord. And we just need to honestly understand that and allow that to sink into our hearts. Week two was when we began to unpack the phrase, the second part of that, which is, I have everything I need. And the big takeaway for me was this. We need to stop gazing on what we think we want and need, and we need to start grazing on what God has already provided uh, for us. And last week, we unpacked the phrase, he lets me rest in green pastures. He leads me to calm waters. He gives me new strength. And the big takeaway for me last week was this, and I'll even tell you why it's, it's even more important um, in just a moment. But there are times when our shepherd Jesus has to make us lie down in order for our soul restoration to take place and to help us to find the rest we need. He removes the fear. He removes the distractions, the obstacles, the fighting, and he makes sure that we are fed in our life. Now, why that's important for me is this. And, and again, sometimes we don't, you know, I don't always understand necessarily why God kind of leads me and directs me in a certain way. But for whatever reason, back in um, 
mid-July when I was really looking ahead at August to see what I wanted to, to really focus on. For whatever reason, this is Psalm 23 is really what came into my mind. It's what I felt like I was supposed to do for whatever, a number of reasons, especially for me. But last week especially, as I began to talk, and we talked through that part of, of uh, he, you know, he, he, he makes us lie down at times in those pastures because we have to restore our soul. Last Sunday night, I uh, drove down to Stanton, spent the night with Tim Cole. Tim is director of Waypoint. We serve on the management team together for this church plant that we've been working with. Um, and we knew it was going to be a difficult two days, which it was. Um, Monday and Tuesday, uh, literally, and I'm not joking, uh, within those, between those two days, I was in 26 hours of meetings in two days. That's a lot of meetings. Um, but God is doing a remarkable thing through those. But as Tim and I sat at 10 o'clock at night on his porch when I got there Sunday night, we be, I, he asked how things were. I told him about our series. I told him about what we were talking about. I told him about what we talked about last Sunday, about how the Lord sometimes has to bring us to that place where he makes us lie down. And as I'm saying that, I could just see this expression on his face. And he goes, you're not going to believe this, but he said, um, I was talking to my mom. His mom's a clinical psychologist, and she actually lives in Joplin, Missouri. She um, works out of College Heights uh, Christian church, great church there, and um, she works primarily with missionaries in crisis, so when a missionary is really in a crisis period or going through struggles, they will call her, and she'll just get on a plane and go, and Tim said, well, how do you deal with that? What do you do? And this is what he said. He said, my mom said, I take them through Psalm 23, and I said, well, that's kind of a coincidence, and so that's when he asked what we had talked about that day, and I told him, and he said, that's what we need to use as a pattern. And so that was our pattern for helping this church and dealing with this church, and especially with the planter as we, as his shepherds over him, said, you need, you need to lie down because you need restored and healed, and we're going to take away all your fears, we're going to get rid of all the distractions, and we want to make sure you're fed and however long it takes, this is what you need. And it's just amazing how God uses the timing and all of that. So that's why I say it was so cool to see what God was doing and how God was going to do that. So today we're going to unpack the, uh, the rest of, of verse 3. And we'll do that in just a moment. Pete? Yeah. All is good? Everybody Okay. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. What an awesome opportunity just to come before you this morning. Thank you for taking care of this family, and especially this uh, child who fainted. We, we thank you for taking care of that, Lord, and for the people who came around her in our church. Thank you for that. So, God, right now, now we, can, we know everything is okay. We can just kind of relax, and let's, we can begin to focus on what you have for us. So just... Begin to unwrap it. Peel those layers of that onion back so that we can begin to see what you have. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So the last part of verse 3 says this. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Now, I thought about this. And so I begin to think about that word guide. 
and what, really what that means. And, and we all know what a guide is. We all know, you know, we've been to those places where you've had a guide that's taken you somewhere. There's two times when, when I, as I was thinking about this, there were two experiences that happened in my life, at least two, where I had a guide. And, and I began to understand this. One was when I was about eight years old, and my grandfather took me squirrel hunting. Now, I'm from Indiana. I'm from a small town in Brazil, Indiana. Uh, <laughs> Brazil, not from, yeah. It's a small town that's called Brazil, Indiana. i got to get that right. Um, and um, the interesting thing, there was a visitor in, in our first service when she went out. She says, I've got a, I got a cousin from Brazil, Indiana. I'm going, hey, what about that? Anyway, so, side note. So anyway, so when I'm eight years old, my grandfather, he would take me squirrel hunting. Now, my grandfather, we would go, and we would get into the woods. He would tell me this. He would say, I just want you to follow me. He says, I'm going to guide you through this. You follow me, and I want you to put your, foot, your footprints into mine. And every step I take, then you put yours right in mine. Because if you would step on a, a, a limb or you step on something and you make a lot of noise, you're going you know, to scare our dinner away. So we, we need you to do this. And so he would guide me through that. And the success of the day was dependent on how much I listened. And the success of the day was dependent on how much I followed the leading of my guide. Okay, I want you to remember that. The second time was when... It's been about a uh, little over, it's been right out four years ago, actually. Four years, actually, it's been, yeah, it's been four years ago this month when we were in Cape Town. We went to see Brandon and Julie, Michaela. The reason I know that because Michaela's four years old and she was only two months old at that time. So we went to see um, Brandon and Julie. We went to meet our new granddaughter, Michaela. And as we did, uh, we took them on a safari. And the crazy thing about the safari was, uh, the week before we went, this place had, they had tremendous rains, and literally it closed, and they didn't even know if they were going to open back up when we were scheduled, but they opened up the day we went there. It was the first day they'd opened back up. Now, the reason I say that is because nobody else hardly was there. We stayed in more the resort area because we had a two-month-old with us, and we were the only ones there. It was awesome. And so the guy who was in charge of everything, he said, I will be your guide. And so we got to do things and go places that nobody else got to go or got to do because of who our guide was. In fact, we were in one area where there was a cheetah. We'd, they'd spotted a cheetah off in the distance. Uh, he said, I'm going to take you somewhere where I never take anybody. And so because it was just Lucy and I, Brandon and Julie and Michaela in, in, in this vehicle. Actually, Julie and Michaela were back at the hotel. It was just the three of us. And so he takes us around behind this mountain, and he gets out of the Jeep. He grabs his rifle, and he says, follow me. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? There's a cheetah out there, and you're asking us to follow you. He said, no, it's okay. He says, you just do what I say, you follow my instructions, you follow right behind me, you stay on the path that I set, and if you stay on the path that I set, we will see this cheetah. He said, don't worry, you're not on its menu. You know, and I, that was comforting. So I said, okay. And so that's what we did, and we got out, and literally for the next 
Probably 45 minutes, we just tracked this cheetah behind our guide. And let me tell you, I did everything he said. <laughs> and I followed the exact path that he laid before us. Why? Because I wanted everything to be successful. I wanted to come out alive. So I followed my guide. That's what David is saying when he says he guides me along the right paths. Your version may say uh, he leads me along paths of righteousness. That simply means right paths, those paths that lead to God. Our shepherd, the Lord, wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He wants to bring us along the right paths, the best paths, those paths that will lead to him. And all he asks is that we be obedient to his instructions and that we follow the path that he lays before us. Now, let me be really honest with you. I need his direction still in my life. There's not a day go by that I don't need the direction and the leading of my shepherd in my life. I can't do life without him because it's, I'm, <laughs> it's too easy to wander off the path. It's too easy to be distracted. I need to, to follow the leading and the, and the direction of my shepherd. So here's the question. Who are you following? Who are you following? What direction are you headed in? Are you on the right path? And is that path leading you to a place where you can become more and more like Jesus Christ in your life? That's the path he wants to take us on. Now, here's why that's so important. It's important because the direction you're heading in, and especially who you are following, will impact and shape the decisions you make in life. I want you to understand that. The direction you're heading, and especially who you're following, will impact and shape the decisions you make. Which brings us to this. Who guides you through the decision-making process? I mean, when you have a decision that you need to make in life, who guides you through that? What do you use? In other words, what do you use as a filter in order to process so that you know the decision that you're making is a decision that the Lord would want for you in your life? Which leads to this. Is there any real sense in your life that the Lord is the one who is directing you and leading you? Now, here's why I say that. Because the decisions you make will determine the path you take. Okay, I want you to remember that. The decisions you make will determine the path you take. Now, here's what's interesting. The word for stress comes from the Latin word that means to be pulled tight. If I had a rope up here and I could just grab both ends and I could just pull it as tight as I could pull it, what you would discover is there is tension from both ends. And this rope would be pulled uh, as tight as it could. Now let me ask you, have you ever felt like this? Like you're being pulled from both ends and your life is just as tight as it could be. In fact, maybe you feel that way now. You see, every decision you make has the potential to make you feel that way, especially when you're following the wrong shepherd or you're trying to lead or guide your own path. So here's the thing. Life is a decision of choices, connected choices, choices that make you who you are, such as 
Should I hold on or let go? Should I get in or stay out? Should I say yes or say no? Should I stop or should I go? Should I get married or hold off? Should I say something or keep quiet? Should I take that new job or stick this one out? Should I move or should I stay? Should I buy it or forget about it? It's kind of like that song, should I stay or should I go? And that's kind of what was running through my mind when I was saying it. I mean, does anyone else feel the tension that these kinds of decisions can bring? And these choices. James put it this way in James chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. He says, such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Here's the key. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. Let me tell you, when your loyalty is divided between God and the world, your decision-making process and the paths you choose in life, they are up for grabs. They're up for grabs. When you're struggling between the world and between God, and you don't know which direction to go, your decisions are, and the choices that you make in life, they're just, it's just up for grabs. Here's the other interesting thing about that verse. The word unstable it's the same word that's used to describe a drunk who's staggering down the street. They don't know where they're going. They don't know which wall they're going to bounce off of next. And let me tell you, when that happens, we will begin to make decisions that we will regret. If your loyalty is divided, if you're unstable in everything you do, you will begin to make decisions that you regret in life because you were following the wrong path. Now, it's one thing when it's a haircut or a tattoo, but it's a whole other thing when those decisions and those choices changes your life or wrecks your marriage or wrecks your family or breaks your heart or gets you off track in your relationship with Jesus, your shepherd. You see, life is about choices. It's about decisions that we make. And we need to real, what we need to realize is this. Who we are, what we become, and the path we head down will be determined by who's leading and guiding us through the decision-making process. That's why we need our shepherd. That's why we need our guide to lead us and to guide us. Here's the thing. Maybe the reason we sometimes make bad decisions and bad choices or we have trouble following is simply because, like David says, we're sheep. We're sheep. So we want to do what we want to do. We want to go where we want to go regardless of where our shepherd wants to lead us. And when we do that, I think that Jesus just wants to say to us, fine. If that's what you want, then go ahead, man. Knock yourself out and see where that decision gets you. It's like that advertisement I saw uh, not too uh, long back. And I can't remember if I saw it on TV, if I saw it in a magazine, or where I saw it necessarily. But this is what it said because it really stuck out. It said, drink coffee, do stupid things faster with more energy. <laughs> it's kind of how we do life, isn't it? We just want to do stupid things faster. The fact is, sheep are stupid and they're stubborn. They like to go where they want to go, which is why the Bible means it when it says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, all of us, 
all of us, me included, everybody sitting in this room, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We've strayed away. Then look what it says. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him, our Messiah, the sins of us all. Let me tell you, we've all strayed. You have, I have. And each of us have left, at some point in our life, God's path to follow our own path. Proverbs 14, 12 puts it this way. There's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. You catch that phrase, seems right? I mean, that's where we get ourselves into trouble, isn't it? Because in our minds, it just seems right. It feels right. And so we do it. We follow that. It was only a few years ago that there was a group selfie that was taken of a bunch of young people several years ago, and they were hiking in some of the canyons out west. They were all smiling, having a great time. But what they seemed to ignore was all the warning signs that were in front of them. In front of them were all these warning signs that told them they were on the wrong path. But they didn't care because it was a path that seemed right to them. They were having fun. And what they didn't understand and what they didn't realize, there was this huge gully of water that was rushing down in this area and it literally washed them away and they all lost their life. The authorities found the camera later and saw the selfie. In that moment, when they took that picture, they were all so happy because it was a path that seemed right to them. But it led to death. Now, our society is filled with all kinds of happy selfies that look so good in the moment. They seem so right in the moment. But in the end, they lead to destruction. So when you end up following what you want, sometimes it'll break your heart. When you have that bright idea, if you're not careful, it can, lead, it can end up leading you to a very dark place. When you go in the direction that you think will bring you the most happiness, it may actually be a dead end for a relationship, for a marriage, for a financial decision, or for a family. You see, those things that seem right, may just leave you feeling very unsatisfied and very unfulfilled. So we need to just be honest enough to say, David's right. <laughs> I'm just like sheep. I'm just like sheep. I know that's not flattering, but it's the truth. But because we're sheep, we need a shepherd who will lead us and who will guide us. And so before we close, let me give you three takeaways that will help us to stay, say to our shepherd, Jesus, Lord, lead me and guide me along the right paths for your name's sake, not mine, but for your name's sake. Because God, I want you to be glorified, not me. The first is this. We need to admit that we need a, a guide, we need a shepherd who will lead us. We just need to admit it. I know that sounds pretty basic, sounds pretty simple, but again, we're sheep, and sheep are stubborn and stupid, and they have a predictable inclination to lose their way. Left to themselves, sheep will make a mess of their pasture. They'll get lost and won't be able to find their way back home. 
You know, there's a lot of animals that have a kind of built-in compass, sort of this homing device or GPS in them. I mean, most dogs can find their way back home, but not sheep. They just get all mixed up. And once they get lost, man, the shepherd has to go find them because if he doesn't find them, they're probably as good as dead. And we have a tendency to do the same, to just wander off. You do and I do. We have that tendency to desert what God has for us. The grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, which is why even though we can hear all the warnings, even though God has put caution tape in front of us, we still have this tendency to say, I will handle my marriage the way I want to. I'll raise my kids the way I think I ought to raise them. I'll treat my parents the way I want to. I'll have fun on my terms. I'll run my business the way that makes sense to me. I'll keep the values in my life that I want to keep because I want to be happy. And this is where we go astray. And this is what tends to lead us into sin instead of righteousness. You see, sin will always take you farther than you want to go. It will make you stay longer than you want to stay, and it will cost you more than you want to pay. You just have to realize that there is a way that seems right to us in our best sheep-like thinking. But in the end, it leads us down a very destructive path. That's why it's time to admit that you need a shepherd, one that will lead, guide, provide, protect, who will be out in front helping in making those decisions that will take you down the right path, especially as you face the struggles of life. Now, I know that it's hard for us to admit that we need a shepherd. I mean, we don't even like to stop and ask for directions. (laughs) But if we're going to make it through life, we need more than a GPS, more than ask.com, more than Google Maps. We need a shepherd because we are not designed to self-navigate life. Jesus says, I'm your good shepherd, and I want to guide you, direct you, protect you, provide for you through life. So let me ask you, what will it take before you admit that you need Jesus to lead, guide, and shepherd your life? What's it going to take? I mean, what's... What's going to have to come into your life before you honestly admit, I cannot do this on my own. I need the shepherd of my life. I need him to lead me. I need him to guide me. What is it going to take in your life? Are you willing to follow him? Are you just lining up and waiting for the next feeding, the next blessing? And is there a decision that you have in this season of your life that needs to be more fully surrendered to the leading of your shepherd? So we have to admit that we need one. Second of all, once we admit it, then we have to allow him to lead. Because it's one thing to admit that you need him. It's a whole other thing to say, I want, I'm going to go ahead and, and just turn my life over to you. You have control now. I want you to lead me. So you allow him to lead. Here's why that's so important. Our shepherd sees what we could ever see. You see, as I began to study about sheep, one of the things I discovered was they really do have bad eyesight. They have hardly any peripheral vision. They don't see very far in front of them. They're nearsighted. They're very myopic beasts. 
they are blind as a bat. And they can be on a path and they just follow that path. They don't have the sense or the capacity to think, where's this path going? And so with their heads down, they just take one step after another, which is why some sheep will flirt very close to the dangerous edge of cliffs because they have no filter. They can graze very close to danger because they're just focused on what they want. That's why we need a shepherd to guide them. That's why they need a shepherd to guide them who can see the big picture and who can guide them back to safety. So let me ask you, what about you in your nearsighted, myopic way of living? Are you playing too close to an edge right now in any part of your life? Are you so focused on what you want that you're not admitting or recognizing the danger that you might be in? I heard of a guy who just recently got out of uh, a treatment center. His treatment was simply focused on trying to uproot long-term patterns of an addiction that he had to pornography. That addiction started at a very, very young age, and it led him off a very, very steep cliff. So what's the cliff in your life that you have this tendency to flirt too close to because you want what you want, and you're not lifting up your head long enough to see what's really in front of you or to see where God wants to lead you and take you. You see, the shepherd loves you. And the shepherd can see what you'll never see. And so not only do we admit that we need him, but we, then we have to allow him to lead us and direct us. Which brings us to the very last one, and, and maybe the most important, and that is this. We have to stay close to our shepherd. You have to stay close to the shepherd. Here's the thing. And, and I discovered this as I was studying about sheep. The distance between the shepherd and the sheep will determine the potential for danger. Listen to that. The distance between the shepherd and the sheep will determine the potential for danger. In other words, the greater the distance, the greater the potential for danger. That's why sheep need to stay close to the shepherd. When one sheep decides to go somewhere, the rest of the flock tends to follow him, even if it's to slaughter over the edge of a cliff. You see, they have this strong instinct to just follow whoever's right in front of them. And we tend to follow those around us. We tend to do the same. And so we'll follow those who are around us or we'll listen to the loudest voice. And that's why we sometimes find ourselves in these difficult situations, struggling with difficult decisions. We listen to the wrong voice. We do the things that our friends, family, or others, coworkers are advising us to do. That's why we got to stay close to the shepherd. We have to stay close to the shepherd. Jesus says, my sheep will hear my voice. Are you close enough to the shepherd today to hear his voice? So how do we stay close? Well, I believe that one of the most powerful ways is through the word of God. Listen to these scriptures. In Deuteronomy, it says in chapter 32, Take to heart all the words I have given you today. Pass them on as a command to your children so they will obey every word of this law. These instructions are not mere words. Get this. They are your life. They're your life. 
Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. That word meditating is, is the same word that's used for a cow who chews his, his cud. You know, as they, a cow, as they'll eat and they'll chew on it a while, they'll swallow it, they'll bring it back up, chew on it some more, swallow it, bring it back up. I know it's kind of disgusting, but that's what they do. But that's what the word meditate means. It means that we take in the word of God and we study it, we think about it, and then we put it inside and we bring it up again and we think about it and study it some more and then we put it inside and we bring it up again. It's that word meditating. He says we meditate on it day and night. Psalm 119 verses 9 through 11. Now let me tell you, all you young people in here today, you need, to, you need to take heed to this verse because look what it says. How can a young person stay pure? And let me tell you, that's, a, that's tough to do in our society today because of what society teaches. How can a young person stay pure? Look, by obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. And then here's the key. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Young people, if, you, if you're struggling in your walk, in the path you're going, then you begin to put the word of God in your heart because it will help you in that decision-making process. It will help you to keep from those sins that are going to take you out in life. You have to put the word of God in. Look at what it says on down in, in verse 103 and 100, through 105 of 119. It says, your promises are sweet to me. I love this. Sweeter than honey in my mouth. Your orders give me understanding, so I hate lying ways. And then look at this. Your word is like a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Back in uh, about 19... 81, 82, right in there. We, my first ministry was in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and somewhere between, uh, I, I told them the wrong name, I just remembered the name, but somewhere between uh, Chattanooga and Knoxville, just off of Interstate 75, is a place called the Lost Sea. First service I said was Hidden Lake, I don't know, I couldn't remember, but I, I just remembered it. It's called the Lost Sea, and we went there. And what you do, they literally take you into these, this cave that goes down literally for about three-quarters of a mile to a mile. You're going down into this cave. And let me tell you, it is pitch dark without the lights. In fact, they think it's really funny at one point. You're about halfway down, and they just shut all the lights off. And I am serious. You cannot even see your hand in front of your face. It is the scariest thing I've ever been in. And what seems like a lifetime is really only about 20 or 30 seconds, but you think it's a lifetime. But let me tell you, when those lights come back on, it is the best feeling in the world. Because I can see now, and I know the path I'm, I'm heading in because it lights my way. David says, your word lights my way. It lights my path. I no longer have to remain in darkness because I have the light of the word of God. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. In 2 Timothy 3.16, 
All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Let me ask you, how important is the word of God to you today? How important is it? Do you read it? Do you study it? Is it a part of who you are? You see, if we're going to be the people who are led by our shepherd, Jesus, the Bible has to be more than just another book on the shelf. It has to be more than just a book that collects dust on the coffee table. It's got to be a part of you. So get into the word of God. Get into it so that it can get into you. You see, throughout history, people have discovered that his promises are true and that his counsel is wise and that his commands are just and that his wonderful message of grace and the love of our shepherd is beyond comprehension. And when it is put into our hearts, it will transform you and it will change you and it will redirect the path that you're on as well as shape the decisions that you make. Let's reflect. I'm going to show you a picture. It's a picture of a sheep. It's actually a, a real sheep. His name, he got the name Shrek. This happened several years ago in, in New Zealand. And you see, Shrek, Shrek the sheep wandered off. And he was found six years later. And during the time... His fleece kept growing because no one was there to shear it. So when they finally found Shrek, the sheep, they shaved him. His fleece weighed an amazing, get this, 60 pounds. Most sheep have about 10 pounds on them when they shear them. Shrek was carrying around six times the weight that he should have been carrying, all because... He wandered away from his shepherd, and he took a different path, one that seemed right to him, and he was lost for six years. I use him to illustrate this. Maybe you can relate. Maybe your straying from the Lord has caused you to carry around a lot of extra weight, a lot of extra load that you don't, do not have to carry. But because you've wandered off the path, the right path, you're carrying stuff that you ne God never intended for you to carry. Remember the scripture we used last week? Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and you will find rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. He wants to carry that for you. Your shepherd wants to carry that for you. But if you stray off the path, you begin to carry things you were never intended to carry. And the weight of those things literally can take you out. So where are you at today? If you've strayed away, if you're not on the path that your shepherd is leading and guiding you on, then you need to understand you need to come home to the shepherd. You need to come home to the shepherd and you need to let him lead you. You need to let him guide you and protect you and provide for you to give you direction, to help you with that decision-making process. 
so that you can stay on the path that he has for you. Adam's going to come and he's going to play and we're going to reflect. And as we reflect, if there's anything on your heart today, if there's anything you need at all, this is your time. You just need to come. You just need to come and I say, you're right. I've just been going down my own way. I've been following my own path and I haven't realized God, you want to lead me. You want to guide me. You're out in front showing me the way. So whatever it is in your heart, whatever it is in your life, this is your time. Let's spend a moment and let's just reflect. And whatever you have, if you have a decision, you just come and we'll pray for you and we'll encourage you today. Let's reflect. Mm -hmm.